And now, Fastened Like Nails with Dr. Mark Hamby. Welcome to Fastened Like Nails. I'm Mark Hamby. Here in the studio with me, Molly Mayo, my co-host. Hello. Great to have you here again. Thank and you. a special guest, Emily Crabb, one of our Master Guild students. Emily, welcome. Hi. Mm-hmm. You scared? No. Oh, good. <laughs> what okay. do you have planned? <laughs> <laughs> well, we're going to talk about Proverbs, and she's going to answer a lot of questions because she was in class today. Mm. You ready for it? I'm ready. Okay, let's do it. It was an amazing class. I mean, I don't want to say so myself, but <laughs> since I was the teacher. but Yeah, but it was. You did great. Mm. Yeah. I enjoyed myself. What, what was, was the section that you guys were studying? We were reviewing Proverbs chapter 1, Ooh. and we mostly stayed in the first five verses. Anything, Proverbs 1, 1 through 5. Anything one, one particular? Five, yeah. Well, we got, no, we actually did 1, 1 through 7. Okay, we, yeah. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Yeah, we reached despise. 7, but we focused on the middle. The <laughs> middle. And explain to the audience why is the middle so important. Because. Wait, wait, before you say that, explain how we found a middle. How, do we fi- how did we find that there's a middle section in the introduction of Proverbs 1, chapter 1? Okay, so we find the middle by reading the whole introduction and then you can see at the beginning, at the end, Solomon has written a framing device ah, in the, the scripture. Fra- and the framing device consists of, in well, first of all, in verse 1, it says, Proverbs of Solomon, son of David, king of Israel. And mm-hmm. we talk there about the most important statement that that's making mm. is he places himself as... A son first. Son first and then king, because in order to be a good king, mm-hmm. you have to first be a good son. Mm-hmm. Did we talk about any of this, the... First time, I think we did, mm-hmm. right? Okay, yeah. so that's just a little review. Beautiful. So we'll get right into it. Yeah. And, and then there was the, you know, after that, the actual framing and the, and the word for proverb is the word. We didn't talk about that today. Do, no, you, know, do you remember that last semester? Rules for life. To, rules for life. Yeah. These are the words that are to rule our lives. Mm-hmm. Not just these pithy statements that come at random. I remember uh, um, someone writing a story about... Um, um, Solomon writing the, the book of Proverbs, sending it to um, a major publishing company, and they wrote back to him and said, like, this is kind of disorderly, and there's no really major thought here. Can you write the book for us? And, uh, and Solomon wrote, like, well, it, there really is a major theme here. You just got to <laughs> study a little bit more closely. And which brings us to this chapter where it starts off with to know wisdom and instruction, or to know wisdom and correction. Mm-hmm. We're going to translate that word instruction for cor- to correction because that's a better translation. And so you got knowledge, wisdom, and correction at the top. Mm-hmm. And then you've got at the bottom, um, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of? Knowledge. But fools despise? Wisdom and, and correction. So you got knowledge, wisdom, correction at the bottom. So in the introduction, it's framed with knowledge, wisdom, and correction. Knowledge, wisdom, and correction. And in the center, there are the ways to be successful in life. That's what it talks about. This, um, this idea of this word for wisdom, sakal is used in, I think it's verse 2, it's 2 or 3, this this word sakal, and it's the same word used in Joshua 1, 8 and 9, where we will have good mm-hmm. success. Um, you know, if you, if you meditate upon the word of God day and night, then everything you do will prosper and bring good success. And that word success is the word sakal, often translated wisdom, mm-hmm. but it's better translated good success. And that's what God has given us his word to help us in that area of life so that we can know how to be successful in life in whatever you do. Mm. How, do how do you become successful? So, so that's how he stages this introduction in the book of Proverbs. First, the main theme, knowledge, wisdom, correction. You can't 
gain wisdom without knowledge, and you can't gain wisdom without correction. Okay? You've got to be willing to be corrected. And so he then takes you from there, and he says, now I'm going to show you how to be successful in life. And he gives you four main people. Mm-hmm. Who are those people? Who's the first one? The simple. Simple person. Who's the simple person? Naive, easily enticed, gullible, thoughtless. You got it. Um, and someone said today in class they were um, intentionally... Intentionally ignorant? Is in, that what, yeah. In, yeah, intentionally mm. ignorant. Will it, willfully ignorant. Willfully ignorant. Yeah. yeah. So a simple person, everyone starts off in life as a simple person. Um, a simple person is someone that, first of all, doesn't like correction, doesn't really want to pursue knowledge, so they stay thoughtless because they don't have a lot of knowledge inside of them. I mean, most of us don't like correction, but... But some people like knowledge, though. Mm. You know, so there's a lot of people that love knowledge. And so when a person loves knowledge without a correction, where does that lead? Death. Error. (laughs) (laughs) Well, yes, but at least to error. So a lot of great minds today in the science world, they become very evolutionary in their Mm. thinking, Mm -hmm. which is very foolish. Mm. So they pursued knowledge but they were unwilling to be corrected in their thinking and so forth. Therefore, it leads to error in their judgment. So you'd say, like, you can't pursue knowledge without correction. Absolutely. Because that's not knowledge. You cannot. Interesting. Knowledge, wisdom, and correction are a package. They always have to go together. Hmm. Um, The other day, um, it was a football player. Um, He was being harassed because he wasn't taking the vaccination. and And he said, true science is is." always willing to be questioned, mm. you know? And that's the way it should be in theology as well. There should be questions. You know, you get some of these churches that they have their doctrine and they don't want to ever be questioned how they believe. It's a healthy thing. You know, like, for example, the rapture of the church. Do we believe in the rapture of the church? Do we believe in pre-tribulation rapture, mid-tribulation rapture, post-tribulation rapture? Is there amillennialism? Is there post-millennialism? You know, what what is the truth? And so ask me because I know the truth. Go ahead and ask me. <laughs> when are we going to be raptured? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to happen. <laughs> when it's going to happen, I don't know. Most likely, I believe, you know, pre-tribulation rapture, but, you know, if it doesn't happen, I'm not, it's not, I'm not been on issue. In fact, I would like to go through the tribulation period. I don't want to miss it. But that's besides the point, right? That's interesting because even just in something like that where you're willing to challenge something or to be challenged by something, that's kind of like... We're born, you know, not knowing everything. And so in order to pursue truth, you have to be corrected and willing to have the way that you view things challenged and shaped and molded into, you know, truth yeah. as long as you're pursuing true, absolute truth. But um, that is interesting. So, like, if, if you have a stance on something and we were studying something in Genesis that, uh, you know, I, I don't really like how what I'm finding. I don't like you even talking about it with me. Because <laughs> <So, laughs> it's totally made me have to rethink something I studied long and hard. Right. And now I've got to rethink the whole thing. Right. And I think that's where the correction is, like, both of us being willing to be proven wrong. I'm hoping to be proven wrong where I'm going with it, but. How did I handle it the first time you told me about it when I was, like, not a chance? Yeah. But then you showed me that structure and that was like oh no once upon a time all of the students were going to arrive and the cafe was set up tastefully (laughs) and when we walked in we were like wow the couch would look really pretty in front of the fire wait 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 time out i had just changed (laughs) all of the i spent the whole morning changing everything making it look beautiful and those of you that are listening like now thoroughly confused (laughs) as to what this has to do with 
correction and just just hold tight, yeah. <laughs> full circle. <laughs> okay. Uh, yes. Yeah, so we uh, were like, why don't we just rearrange this a little bit? And so all of the students rallied together and redid the entire space. There's a crackling fireplace and a couch with a rug, and we moved the bench against the wall. Anyway, so um, so Mark, you come in and you're like. What happened here is like change it back, and then uh, one of the students she was like, "Wait, wait, just just think about this." And so we like kind of just discussed. No, and I said, "No, change it back." Yeah, it was like five minutes or whatever. We were we yeah. were, were all kind of giving it a little bit of time, and he's like looking at it from one angle and then the other. He's like, "Well, maybe we can leave it for a week and see how it goes." And as time kind of progressing, you know, we, we kind of like it's just a setup, obviously, but um, there was that kind of grappling with, okay, you know, what am I willing to have my worldview or the way that I view this? to be shaped or changed, you know, and I think that's a healthy mindset for anything in life. Yeah, and I, I don't like change at first. It's not easy for me. But then after the more I started looking at it and enjoying it, it it's perfect. Love mm -hmm. it, you know. Mm -hmm. It's amazing how I had to go through that thought process of yeah. change, right? We all can, go through that, yeah. Can you imagine, though, people that are locked into their doctrine, mm. you know, to which I think is healthy if you know something like, for example, Jesus is God. Yeah. You know, yeah. he came as the Savior of the world, mm -hmm. you know. Through him is the only atonement for our sins. You know, those are locked mm -hmm. in. There's nothing that can change that, right? But for other things, like you know. semantics. Not church government, um, mm -hmm. the the rapture that, you know, has been rewritten, you know, for centuries. I mean, I believe in it, but you can challenge me on it and you mm -hmm. might have something really good to say about it. But I'm not going to go, you know, I'm not going to argue about it. I think that's part, mm -hmm. of, part of the issue here is when people get so bent out of shape on what they believe, if they are responding in, an, in a hostile, defensive, angry way, mm -hmm. you usually know they're wrong. Something, something's wrong. Yeah, often it's like that pride button that gets pushed with yeah. that. And so often we get mad about things that we care the most about. And so sometimes, yeah, you know, we're maybe something's wrong. It could be a guilt, sin thing. But sometimes it's like maybe you just feel really strongly about that and you got to keep that in check, be angry and sin not. But And that's where the simple person comes in. He's yeah. the first person talked about here. And God is teaching us that if you're going to have if you're not going to stay simple, then you're going to have to gain knowledge. And the only mm -hmm. way to gain knowledge and become wise is a willingness to be corrected in the way that you think, be mm -hmm. challenged. You know, and so how you how you respond to challenges, how you respond to correction will determine whether or not you'll become a wise person. King David, I mean, he's, he's going to be king. He knows he's going to be king, mm -hmm. yet he's being challenged all the time by Saul. God brings an adversary mm -hmm. into his life. So, uh, so, so that's the first person. Um, so moms and dads, as you're listening to this, your children are going to become one of these six people. We're going to identify the first four in the introduction here. And so let's talk about the second person. So every child born into a family is starting off as a simple person, naive, gullible, thoughtless, and easily enticed. They don't have a good knowledge base to make decisions, and they don't have a good uh, – they don't have the ability to – um, have discretion. And this word, subtle, okay, so give subtlety to the simple or prudence to the simple. And we learned today that this, and this is what simple, per, simple people need. They need subtlety. Now, that's kind of an odd what word. What is subtlety? <laughs> yeah, what is subtlety? And it's also translated in ESV as far as prudence. Uh -huh. King James is subtlety. And the time this word first appears in the Bible is where, Emily? The Garden of Eden. Garden Genesis. of Eden. And who's subtle? The serpent. The, the serpent was more subtle than all the beasts of the field. The simple need to awaken by subtlety. Now, this word subtlety is an interesting word. It means also, so it has a negative 
and it has a positive um, framework to it. Um, so in a negative sense, it's guile, being guilely. Um, it's it's being um, <coughs> being tricked to trick somebody. It's to be sneaky. Mm-hmm. So that word, um, or orem, in, um, for subtlety in Genesis, is in a negative sense. In Proverbs chapter 1, it's in a positive sense. Mm-hmm. And it carries the idea of, do you remember? Um, Putting you on the spot. Mm, the idea wait. of... Not just prudence. Oh, being aware. Being aware or beware. Yes, beware. Beware, Molly. So this definition, the root Hebrew definition of this word in a positive sense is beware, B-E-W-A-R-E. It also carries the idea of being aware. So a gullible, thoughtless, easily enticed, simple person who's someone who's not aware. They're Mm -hmm. not aware of their surroundings. They're not aware of... Of wisdom, they're not aware of the knowledge that's at their at at their um, you know their fingertips that they can possess if they study and read, etc. So a simple person can be awakened, can be aware of things by what knowledge, wisdom, correction. Mm-hmm. After the simple person starts to awaken, he now becomes what? What's the next one? The young man. A young man, so a youthful person. And what does the youthful person pursue? Well, knowledge it's a, yeah, and understanding. Knowledge yes. and understanding. Knowledge and discernment. So you go from a simple person, he's being, he being aware of his surroundings for the first time because of knowledge, wisdom, correction. And then the youthful person, he's now start, he starts to gain knowledge. That's the first thing that happens in his life. After he starts gaining knowledge, he leads him to becoming more attentive and discerning. That's what we want our children to become. Um, and it happens through an intimate relationship with the Word of God, knowing God's Word. Next is what? A wise man. And how does the, what is the wise man? What's the first word? He does what? Shamu. Wow. Shamu. Uh, he obeys. He obeys. He hears and obeys. He listens. So it's no longer a matter of correction to where he responds to the correction in, in a resisting way. Now he hears the correction and obeys it right mm-hmm. away because he's, he's no longer fighting things. He's learning things. So he becomes a wise person who's obeying and what else? Gaining, he's learning. A wise yes, person. He attains something. What is it? No, that's the understanding person. Oh. So next, so now we got simple. After that, we've got youthful, knowledgeable, and then after that, we've got wise, and he obeys and learns more. And then after that, we've got a understanding or a discerning person, and the discerning person attains unto wise counsel. Ah, uh, yes. Okay. The word attain. Very interesting word, Molly. Do you remember it from a couple semesters ago? Purchase. Oh, good job. Wow. Mm -hmm. Acquire. Buy. It also means create. To Hmm. create something. You can't be creative unless it costs you something. People aren't born creative. You're creative by, by using your knowledge, by paying a price, by reading and studying and learning from other people, it's going to cost you something. Um, I don't know if I agree with that. That's fine. I think probably, <laughs> I mean, you, you may not be very good, but we're made in the image of God and God's creative. And so I think innately we are creative. Hmm. But what if it's even just costing your time, like the time it takes to create? See, I think the progression here is simple, 
youthful, knowledgeable, wise, and then creative. Just, you become discerning. I don't think a person, if a person doesn't pursue knowledge. What do you mean by creative then? Well, let's just back up a little bit. So if you remain a simple person, you're not going to be creative. You don't have any knowledge base. You don't have any wisdom base. You just, you're born into the world and you've not done anything to become creative. You don't become creative by just being born into the world. Um, you look around, it says the heavens declare the glory of God. You're surrounded by creation. I think there's yep. that creativity inside of you. Like, I don't know, here we, you attract a lot of creative people because it's, it's a creative space. It's, yeah, but they were, these kids come from creative homes. They paid a price to get there. I think that even if, you know, I'd never had exposure to that sort of thing, education and stuff, you'd still, I guess there's a sense of learning from creation, even if you didn't know how to read and stuff. I think what you're missing is that we're talking about a simple person. Mm-hmm. A simple person that remains a simple person can't be creative, even if they're made in the image of God. They're, if they remain a foolish, simple person, they reject Fools despise wisdom and correction. Um, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. So these people don't have any basis for a real eternal knowledge because they are fools. Fools despise wisdom and correction. And so if you're a simple person, you don't have any way to express creativeness because there's nothing inside of you that's been placed there by earning it. What about evil people who have creative ways to do evil things? Even evil people people that are creative, they've paid a price to get there. You know, you don't just become a Steve Jobs just by, you know, being born into the world and using your mind. You've gone to school. You've paid a price. You've gained some knowledge. You've, You've done things that have allowed you to gain, you know, to attain unto wise counsel through others. You know, so if you're born and you remain a simple person, you're never going to be creative. So, Molly, if I'm understanding what you're saying, then you're saying that people are creative. They're born create, creative because they're born in the image of God. And I'm saying that based on this word, attain, that it comes at a cost, that you can't have discernment to create um, without paying a price. So I think we can we could um, agree to disagree. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think within context, this is talking about understanding so a man of understanding or, or whatever, you know, your version says, shall attain unto wise counsel, that, that mm-hmm. might be. Yeah, so to reach the level of the fourth level, which would be from simple to youthful, knowledgeable, to wise, mm. to a discerning person. A discerning person attains, he buys more counsel from others. Mm-hmm. He, um, he's able to um, discern more in life. What I love about this, this idea of learning more in life is that the, I think the farther, the more you grow in wisdom, um, the more you become aware of your surroundings, the more you get to see the way the world works and how it works. Um, and that goes in every, every area of life, from history to science to languages. Um, one of my um, Hebrew professors, he's able to speak 24 languages. And I remember when he went to India, he was able to learn the language from the airport to his hotel. He was able to learn some of the oh. Indian language by reading the billboards, you know, because he already had a way of of using knowledge and seeing it because it all kind of worked together. It all meshed together. And so that accumulated effect of knowledge, I think is so important because if you don't have that accumulated effect of knowledge, then you're going to be stuck at some point. I mean, you might have like a, a base level, you know, of, of knowledge from maybe from seeing other people and seeing the way the world works, but you're not going to have that accumulated effect of knowledge where you've paid a price to obtain it. Okay. So, so right after that, um, what does it say next? I don't remember right now. 
words you, of underst- words oh, of the wise. Yes, yes. Okay? The Which framing pr- device. Another framing device. You got up at the top, words of understanding. And at the bottom, you got words of the wise. And in between there, you got those four people. Simple, youthful, knowledgeable, wise, and discerning people. After those four people are identified in this beautiful introduction of Proverbs, he then goes immediately to a what I call an outlier, where there is absolutely no framing of this one phrase, and it's the phrase, the fear of the Lord. So the whole section of Proverbs 1 through 7 is beautifully framed with repeated words, identical words. Knowledge, wisdom, correction, knowledge, wisdom, correction, words of the understanding, words of the wise. And in the middle, you got four people, simple, youthful, wise, discerning. Okay? And all of this is under the the framework of how to be successful in life, how to be morally successful, legally successful, and relationally successful. And after it gives all of that, it gives us this outlier of the fear of the Lord. This, there's no framing of that, which is important because the fear of the Lord is what's being expressed as probably one of the most important themes in all of the Bible. If you don't have the fear of the Lord, then you'll not fear anything. You'll fear more man. I shouldn't say you won't fear anything. You'll be more apt to fear man, or if you don't fear God, then you're going to continue to live a life that is more gullible, naive, thoughtless, etc. <clears throat> okay, so so the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise what? Wisdom and correction. So there's the, the fifth person is now recognized. He's a fool. Simple, youthful, wise, discerning, foolish, and then you go all the way to verse 22 and 23, and the, th- the sixth person is being mentioned. And do you remember who he is? He's the mocker. Mm. Um, it says, and this is what it says in verse 22. How long, you simple ones, will you remain simple? How long, you fools, will you do what? Do you remember? Hate what? Molly, remember? Knowledge. Yeah, hate knowledge. And how long, you mockers will you delight in your mocking, mocking. Mm. okay <clears throat> this is kind of interesting because he uh, he brings up what causes these people to remain in that state fools hate knowledge and mockers delight in their mocking mm. and why do they why do fools hate knowledge any idea because they're prideful that's one of the reasons but if they don't have a fear of the lord okay if you don't have a fear of the lord then when someone does express something that is truthful in a knowledgeable way, you can feel what? Intimidated. You can feel... Um, embarrassed. Embarrassed, you know, So or, or you can feel challenged or, like you said, prideful. You don't yeah. want other people to have a, an edge over you, so you put them down. You think um, you know better than other people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you uh, yeah. And how many people are like that, though? Everyone. Yeah. Everyone has that tendency. Yeah, you don't want to have other people think that they know more than you. Mm-hmm. So you, uh, you act foolish and you put other people down. Fools hate knowledge. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you can see that if you're in a public school setting or you can see it, kids that are, you know, feel insecure. Kids that are insecure will hate knowledge when they, if they don't have any other way of gaining value to their friendships then one of the ways that they gain value is from other people who feel the same way. And so they will put the teacher down or put smart kids down. Have you ever been in a situation where more of the bully-like kid is yeah. going to put the smart kids down? 
and be sarcastic toward them. You ever seen that before? I've seen it before. Oh, I've seen it a lot. Oh, yeah. Okay, so, so um, after fools hate knowledge, the mockers delight in their mocking. Why would someone delight in their mocking? Because they're evil. They yeah. have a seared conscience. It's, maybe it makes them... Well, it makes them feel better to mock others. Absolutely, yeah. And because yeah. of their insecurity. Yeah. Because they mm. don't have... And, and, and the right kind of friends are never going to be attracted to them. So that's how this introduction ends. It ends with just that. Um, fools despise wisdom and correction. If you want your children to grow, if you want to grow, one of the ways that we grow is to invite correction in our lives, to um, ask others, speak into my life. I'll never forget, um, I had a, um, a mentor of mine, and he said, Mark, he goes, one of the ways that you're going to grow is I need you to find a moderate antagonist in your life. And whenever you're making decisions, invite them to be a part of that decision-making. Uh, moderate antagonist is someone who, who they're, they've got your back, but they won't always agree with you. They're mm-hmm. going to be willing to challenge you. And um, mm. <laughs> <laughs> Like Molly? <laughs> <laughs> Molly, you've become a moderate antagonist. Yeah, I was just thinking about that. <laughs> That's all right. That's good. That's healthy. Mm-hmm. Um, as, as long as people have each other's backs and they want what's best and right and truthful mm-hmm. to each other. Um, so I have two men in my life, um, Shad and uh, Jason. And whenever I have major decisions, and God's given me Mike as well and, and, and Pete, I've got some really great people mm-hmm. in my life. And uh, they're willing to stand up to me. Mm-hmm. You know, Can you imagine what it would be like if no one was willing to stand up to me and I always had my own way? You know, there wouldn't be any checks and balances. Mm. There's, there's no, uh, and, and pride would be exalted, you know. Mm. And so, um, yeah, I, I asked, I remember one time uh, I, I had this decision I was making and I wanted this decision to go through and they both disagreed with me. Mm. And they were here at the time. And it, that's the worst thing when they're, they're going to gang up on me now. You know, they're, they're both here and boy, they challenged me and they were not giving in and boy, I didn't like it. And then God had to convict me, and then mm-hmm. I had to come back and apologize, you know, that mm-hmm. I wasn't listening to mm-hmm. the authorities that God had placed in my life. Better a little humility now than a lot of craziness later. Yeah. Because you know, yeah. bad decisions. Yeah. Create so, bad situations. Uh, the fear of the Lord. What is the fear of the Lord? We're going to end here on this segment, and then we'll, we'll start the next segment, which will teach. And listen to this, moms and dads and grandparents. The next section is going to actually teach. Uh, There are 12 lessons of wisdom in Proverbs 1 through 9, and those 12 lessons are essential for every child, every teen, every adult to know, to be able to live a wise and godly life. Without these 12 lessons, you cannot fully live a godly life. And uh, we're going to look at each one of those lessons, and Mm -hmm. the first one's going to start in Proverbs chapter 1, verse 8, and the next one um, from 9 to on to 18. So we're going to look at those next two lessons. Actually, we're going to look at all three lessons, and they're all found in chapter one. So uh, um, we're going to we're going to end with the fear of the Lord here. So the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Mm-hmm. And so if you don't have a fear of the Lord, if you're a scientist, let's say, and you don't have a fear of the Lord, then you're going to you're going to come come to error. Um, you're going to your 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 worldview is going to be faulty because you're not placing God as the great filter of all knowledge. Um, mm-hmm. And then we learn one, 
one huge lesson about the fear of the Lord, mm-hmm. and it's simple. It's found in chapter 3, 6, and 8. The fear of the Lord simply is, do you remember? Loving what God loves and hating what God hates. Yeah, loving what God loves mm-hmm. and hating what God hates. So we're going to end there. Uh, Molly and Emily, thank you for being with me today. And for those that are listening, um, I look forward to, to doing this again. Molly, with you and Emily, hopefully you'll be back. And we're going to look at the next three lessons of wisdom in Proverbs chapter 1. You've been listening to Fastened Like Nails, a presentation of Lamplighter Ministries. Our mission is to make ready a people prepared for the Lord by building Christ-like character one story at a time. To learn more about our family collection of rare books, dramatic audios, or guild programs, visit lamplighter.net. To hear more podcasts, search for Fastened Like Nails wherever you listen to podcasts. If you have a question you would like to submit for the Lamplighter team, visit fastenedlikenails.net and fill out the form. That's fastenedlikenails.net. from the creative minds and talents behind Lamplighter Theater. I've never seen anything like it. This summer, Lamplighter presents The Lamplighter Guild. A week of mentoring and apprenticeship in the dramatic arts. Learn script writing, music composition, sound design, directing, and voice acting from world-class professionals. Registration for the Lamplighter Guild is limited, so sign up today at lamplighter.net, lamplighter.net.